Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield News Team. We are your audio newspaper, and we thank you for being here with us. Coming up on this episode, it's Mansfield News, Sports, and Weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue with our Mansfield trivia question. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Mansfield ISD set to hold a teacher's job fair. Want to vote in the upcoming bond election? The deadline to register is looming. Legacy science teacher receives statewide award. City to offer free mulch this weekend. In sports, two MISD soccer teams have moved on to the next round of playoffs. Coming up in the features section. How big is the universe? Property value notices and escrow review statements are coming soon to a mailbox near you. We'll break those down for you in the Mansfield Real Estate Report. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that says it's been a long week and you need to pamper yourself. We have the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with Tarrant County Jury Room Bailiff, Paula Giamo Morales, about why jury duty is hated so much. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield. Since 1988, Jack Lauderman CPA Firm has been the premier tax and accounting firm for North Texas. I'm Adam Cohen, tax manager for Jack Lauderman CPA. Whether you need CFO services or simply tax preparation or anything in between, we provide every level of business tax and accounting service. Call us at 817-231-0666 or visit us on the web at dfwtaxteam.com. That's dfwtaxteam.com. I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. Hi, I'm Michelle Newsom, Mansfield School Board Trustee, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Has anyone ever told you that you would make a great teacher? Well, now's your chance. As Mansfield ISD Teacher Job Fair will take place on Monday, April 25th, from 8.30 in the morning till 3.30 in the afternoon at the Center for the Performing Arts, campus and district representatives will be on site for this one-day event, which will be conducted in person by appointment only. Interested applicants must register to attend this event, and we will have a link to the registration portal on our website, aboutmansfield.com, under the Links tab. Certain eligibility requirements are necessary in order to apply for the job fair based on whether you are a fully certified teacher, 
student teacher, probationary certified applicant, or a health or physical education applicant. Ineligible applicants are welcome to apply for positions online, including previously employed MISD teachers, previous job fair attendees, and individuals without a confirmed appointment. I'm sure you've heard the adage before, if you don't vote, you have no right to complain. There are five municipal bond issues coming up for election in May. The election season is equally important for the Mansfield ISD School Board, as 10 candidates are vying for four open seats. The deadline to register to vote is Thursday, April 7th. It's a very simple process, and you can register online at votetexas.gov. About Mansfield is in the process of interviewing all 10 school board candidates, and we'll release those interviews all at once on our website well before the beginning of early voting, which starts on April 25th. The National Science Teaching Association announced the recipients of its 2022 NSTA Awards Program, which honors K-12 teachers, principals, professors, and other science education professionals for their outstanding work and achievement in science education. Award were recognized during a special evening celebration at the NSTA National Conference on Science Education in Houston on Friday, which included legacy high school science teacher Arlevia Davis, who was one of seven teachers throughout the state to receive the Urban Science Educator Development Award. The National Science Teaching Association consists of 40,000 science educators and professionals. It's that time of year when weekend warriors spread hundreds of pounds of mulch around their yards to help keep the soil cool and free from weeds through the coming summer months. The city is offering free mulch to Mansfield residents on this Saturday from 8 a.m. to noon at 24 North Mitchell Road. Mulch pickup is self-serve and weather permitting. The city recommends that you bring containers, a truck, or a trailer to load your own mulch. Proof of residency is required. In sports, two Mansfield ISD high school soccer teams have advanced to the next round of the UIL state championship playoffs as the Mansfield High girls team defeated Belton in a nil-nil tie on Friday in the regional semifinals and now will take on Klein this Friday morning at 11 o'clock. Meanwhile, the Lakewood Eagle boys team defeated Mansfield High on Friday at Newsom Stadium and will take on the Woodlands Highlanders starting at 6 o'clock on Friday night. Both the girls and boys games will take place at the Kelly Reeves Athletic Complex in Austin. Now, if the Mansfield High girls team wins, the regional finals game will be held at the same place on Saturday, April 9th at 11 a.m. against the winner of Rockwall and Tomble. If the Lake Ridge boys win, the regional finals game will be held at the same place on Saturday, April 9th, 1 p.m. against the winner of Duncanville and MacArthur Houston. Just a quick reminder that if you have any news that's happening in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Include your name and your phone number in case we need more information. This Thursday is National Beer Day. And I'm not sure if it's coincidental, but it's also National Alcohol Screening Day. National Beer Day celebrates the day in 1933 that the Cullen-Harrison Act was signed into law, reversing the prohibition on selling beer in the United States. Currently, some 50 billion, with a B, billion gallons of beer is consumed every year all over the world, presumably most of it on Super Bowl Sunday. Meanwhile, National Alcohol Screening Day raises awareness about the harmful effects of alcohol abuse and dependence 
codependency. Each year in April, these screens offer anonymous and confidential opportunities for those with addiction to seek help. If you think you or someone you know has an alcohol problem, you can start with an anonymous online test at alcoholscreening.org. Moving on to a brighter subject, like perhaps more sunny days ahead, let's check the seven-day weather forecast. Colleen? Let's take a look at the weather for the next seven days in Mansfield, Texas. After our temperatures on Tuesday that were up in the record high range, we're cooling back off. We're looking at a high Wednesday of 72, Thursday 69, Friday 68, Saturday 78, Sunday 84, Monday 82, and Tuesday 82. Early next week, we'll have rain chances of about 20%, but other than that, we should be dry. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. Reporter Dennis Webb talks science. Beth Steinke talks about property taxes in the Mansfield real estate market update. And Brian Certain prepares a libation made to make you smile in the cocktail of the week. Also coming up later in the episode, the Mansfield trivia question. And Steve talks in studio with Tarrant County jury room bailiff Paula Giamo Morales about why some people love jury duty. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams with Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities, and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. 
With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com. W-Y-S-E well.com. Hi, I'm Corinne Fiagami, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open the features section. Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb is gazing into the universe to the power of 10. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. One of the things that got me interested in astronomy was to better understand the universe where we find ourselves. One of the questions is just how big is the universe? Well, to paraphrase a scientist, the universe is not only larger than we imagine, it is larger than we can imagine. As usual, over time, scientists figure out how to address big questions, including this one. The basic approach is to figure out the distance to a lot of things we see in the sky, see what that says about the structure, and somehow organize the information into a coherent answer. As you might expect, it's easier to figure out distances to nearby things, the moon, the planets, and nearby stars, and harder to figure out distances to the further away things like galaxies. The simple answer to how big the universe is, is 93 billion light years across. In more familiar units of miles, this is 5 times 10 to the 23rd power miles. These answers are really unsatisfying, as most of us don't have a feel for what a light year is, and we cannot conceive numbers of miles this big. Scientists address this perceptual challenge using a thing called the logarithmic scale. You might know it as powers of 10. Let me illustrate. Okay, hold a finger one inch in front of your nose. Now move your finger 10 inches away, the first power of 10. Now look 8 feet across the room, which is 100 inches, or the second power of 10. If you keep this up, you'll quickly get to the state fairgrounds over in Dallas, and if you keep going, eventually you leave the planet. So let's use this to think through an imaginary trip across the universe. We will start with our own familiar moon, which is about 250,000 miles away. This is the mileage you might get from a solid truck before it wears out. Ten times further away, there's nothing we can see, though astronomers sometimes detect Earth-orbit-crossing asteroids that are a threat to our planet, though not lately. Ten times further away than this is the planet Mars, that we see as a bright red star in the night sky, and where the Perseverance rover crawls around, accompanied by its helicopter Ingenuity. Ten times still farther away than the planet Mars is the planet Jupiter, with its four moons that were first discovered by Galileo a long time ago. Ten times still farther is the planet Neptune. You can't see it without a telescope. Ten times still farther is nothing we can detect. Another ten times farther is still nothing we can detect. Ten times farther is the barely detectable cloud of small objects called the Oort Cloud, first theorized by Dutch astronomer Jan Oort, and later confirmed observationally. This dark realm is where most comets spend most of their time when not briefly visiting the inner solar system where we can see them. Ten times still farther, we arrive at one of the closest stars, known as Barnard's Star, photographically discovered by American astronomer E.E. E. Barnard, notable for its detectable motion across the sky. This was a remarkable discovery, as it was previously thought that all the stars had fixed positions in the sky. 
This is a workable assumption that makes celestial navigation work, but some stars do move and Barnard's moves quite fast. You have to have a telescope to see this star. So far, we've gone 8 powers of 10 past our familiar moon, and we are now just 33 light years away, still only a tiny fraction of the whole universe, which, as we said earlier, is 93 billion light years across. We will finish this outward journey next week. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Property taxes? Why not? With the Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, here's Beth Steinke. It's that time of year when you'll receive the dreaded annual property value notice from the appraisal district. And as an added bonus, this is generally the time most mortgage servicers will review your escrow account. As reported last week, we have experienced a steep rise in home values. And while I'm a proponent of fighting the tax value every year, this year we may not have a leg to stand on. However, it's important that you make sure you have all of the exemptions you are eligible for in place to reduce your overall property tax burden. The most common is your homestead exemption, which you likely applied for the year after you bought your home. The homestead exemption is important for many legal reasons, but for property tax purposes, it caps the appraised value increase to just 10% a year on your primary residence. This is called homestead cap loss. Please know that investment properties do not have this cap in place and many landlords will continue to see significant increases in their annual property tax bills. This does not bode well for renters who will likely absorb that increase through higher rents at renewal time. The senior exemption is critical to our citizens over 65. If you've had a recent birthday but have not yet filed for your senior exemption, visit your appraisal district's website to download the application and instructions. You'll receive an additional exemption from the school district, and it will place a tax ceiling or freeze on most of the property taxes that you pay. However, the appraisal district may reevaluate your property if you do any major renovations or additions like adding a pool. And if you sell, the taxes will be reassessed for the next owner and you will have to reapply at your new home. The taxing districts offer some additional relief to disabled persons and disabled veterans if you meet the qualifications they set, but you must file for those benefits. This year, it will be very important to make sure all of the exemptions you're eligible for are in place. Because of increases in property taxes, your mortgage servicer may have run short on funds to cover your 2021 tax bill and now projects a shortfall for 2022. Generally speaking, they will give you two options. Option one, you may choose to pay the past shortfall in a lump sum single payment. This will adjust your payment higher to prevent the shortage occurring again next year. Or in option two, you can roll the shortage into your new payment, effectively adjusting your payment to an even higher amount to make up for the past shortfall and to ensure future funds are available to cover your next tax bill. We recommend option one whenever possible to our clients as we've witnessed families get financially crunched with increasing monthly payments after rolling over shortfalls year after year. Reach out to your mortgage company if you have questions or need assistance understanding your options. Now let's get into this week's Mansfield Market Update. As of Tuesday morning, Mansfield has 30 single-family homes available to purchase, excluding incomplete construction, ranging from a renovated manufactured home at $190,000 to a beautiful estate on 50 acres offered at $2.4 million. Seven of the available homes are priced over $900,000, and there are no homes available between two hundred dollars and $300,000. That's in line with last week's numbers. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send us a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight with the About Mansfield podcast. Shaken or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good as Brian Certain is serving up another perfect libation for his cocktail of the week.
Brian. This week's cocktail of the week is the blueberry cheesecake martini. I stumbled across this little gem of a recipe a couple of years ago and fell in love with how simple it is to make and is always a crowd pleaser whenever I make a batch. But as always, don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. This week's cocktail of the week, the blueberry cheesecake martini. You're going to need three ounces of vanilla vodka, one ounce of heavy cream, half ounce of coffee liqueur, a splash of strawberry liqueur, one tablespoon of blueberry preserves or blueberry jelly, and then a couple of blueberries for garnish. To make the drink, you're going to combine all of the ingredients in a cocktail shaker filled halfway with ice. Shake for about 30 to 40 seconds to really blend all those um, liquids together and then serve in a martini glass and garnish with the fresh blueberries. As always, I'm open to hear you're taking your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. Congratulations to Tom Johnston, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What song was Mansfield-raised singer Ella Mae Morse most noted for? Tom knew that it was Shoo Shoo Baby, recorded by Morse in 1944. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Big D Barbecue. They have been pumping out smoked tender meats and a unique organic sauce since 2013. You can find them next to the railroad tracks at 226. North Walnut Creek Drive, right here in Mansfield, and you can find them on the internet at BigDBarbecue.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, last week we went back in musical time and asked a question about Mansfield-raised singer Ella Mae Morse. This week, we go contemporary. Mansfield High graduate and country music star Mickey Guyton has been in the spotlight this year, having sung the national anthem at the Super Bowl while being nominated for four Grammys. This week's trivia question is, what song is Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what song is Mansfield grad Mickey Guyton's highest charting single to date? Good luck, and thanks to Jordy and Gary at Big D for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk, and chances are pretty good. Even though our guest here in the studio, she does not live in Mansfield, she does not work in Mansfield, so you're going, okay, so what's the tie-in to about Mansfield. Chances are pretty good if you're an adult, if you've lived in Mansfield probably more than five, maybe more than 10 years, her work has affected you if you have been summoned to jury duty. And so in the studio today is Paula Giamo Morales. Hi. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. And so in the 17 years that I've lived here, I've been summoned to jury duty three times. And, and, and every time the summon comes in the mail, your name is on it. 
because if anybody has any questions about jury duty, it says to contact the jury bailiff, which is your title. Is that correct? That is correct. Paula Giamo Morales. And before we get into jury duty, uh, because as we always do in these interviews, I always like to know about the person that I'm interviewing. And so, Paula, first of all, Giamo is your maiden name. That's correct. Morales, your married name. That's right. Where were you born? So believe it or not, I'm an Air Force brat. And so I was born in Minot, North Dakota. Minot, North Dakota. I am the only person that I know of my my friends that actually knows someone, aside from you. Uh, a, a friend of mine is a radio DJ in Minot, North Dakota. Oh, how funny is that? And well, I've so I was born there. Yeah. Um, I have a, a middle sister who was born 20 months before me, and we lived there six weeks after I was born, and I've never been back. So I'm... A North Dakotian by birth, but then I've lived in Texas ever since I was, I think, 18 months old. As an Air Force brat, then did you move around? You you said to Texas, but did you move around? No. I always say my dad cheated me because I was the last <laughs> child. And so we went from North Dakota to California for a very short time. That's where they were from. And mm-hmm. then to Texas. And when I was 10, they were like, okay, Sergeant, we want to transfer you to Greece. And my dad was like, no, thank you. I'll retire. You've already got my 20 years and I'll leave. So I got to go nowhere. You could have gone to Greece. <laughs> I could have gone to Greece. And having been to Greece as a grown-up, I wish I could have gone. <laughs> I'm so mad. Uh, where in California were they from? Uh, originally in the Los Angeles area, the Orange County area. Okay. Um, Thousand Oaks. Sure. Yeah. I know it well. Yeah. Okay. I uh, spent 44 years in San Diego. Okay. And occasionally across uh, crossed into Orange County. But uh, yeah, Thousand Oaks and so my our families are originally from there. Both my mom and my dad, okay. and so my grandmother lived in Downey, and my mom had lived in Orange County uh, in Little Palm area. Mm-hmm. And so um, I still have family that's there, and so I enjoy going there all the time to see them. From San Diego, the the really the only thing that separates Orange County and and the growth of heading into San Diego County would be that 17-mile stretch of Camp Pendleton, which is just open, barren land with a few barracks here and there. But um, Los Angeles really could have grown all the way into San Diego had it not been for that 17-mile stretch. Oh, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And it's even growing up in in my 20s, which was a few years ago, (laughs) it was always if you if you. If you have to go into into Orange County, it's considered having to go to L.A. Oh, yeah. That, oh, I have to go to San Juan Capistrano. I got to go to L.A. Yeah. If, even though L.A. is still another hour beyond. Uh, and its own little entity. I mean, it's its own little life. But yeah. you still kind of do it inclusively. I know I do. But I wasn't raised there. But that's what I certainly refer to. Right. You moved to Texas. Moved to Texas. And, and I'm sorry, what part of Texas? Uh, in North Bembroke. So it's okay. West Fort Worth, right there on the edge of uh, Bembroke and Fort Worth. So you've been here your 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 entire life. My whole life, pretty much. Where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to high school Western Hills uh-huh. in Bembroke. Well, it's Fort Worth Bembroke area. Um, and then when I graduated from Western Hills, I went to Tarrant County College for two years and got an associate's degree there. And then I transferred from there to TCU, and I got my bachelor's in criminal justice in 1990 from TCU. 
I had a feeling as a bailiff, you would, uh, it would be criminal justice. I. What's interesting is my position is by statute, I have to be a jury bailiff to run the jury room. Yeah. But there's nothing law enforcement wise. Like I don't carry a gun. I don't wear the polyester uniform. None of that's going to be working for me. <laughs> I'm just, it used to be jury administrator. And then they did some research on the law and they're like, no, if you're going to have a person that oversees a jury room, it must be a bailiff. Huh. Do you so, have a badge? I don't have a badge. No badge. Mm. No badge, no gun. No badge, no, no gun, uniform. And no uniform. More importantly, no uniform. <laughs> but you do carry the title as bailiff. I do. And I do have to uphold the law. So I just have to make sure that we fall into all that realm. But everybody thinks that if you're a bailiff, that you have a gun and a badge, and it's yeah. nothing like that. Let's talk about jury duty. Why does everyone hate jury duty? Okay, so I can tell you this from experience, because when I started in the jury room, I was fresh out of college. I, I think I graduated in May, and I started in the jury room as a clerk yeah. in October of 1990. At that time, we were not automated. Everything was by hand. I used to hand ta- type the checks in triplicate. So that's how I started. People hated jury duty because you showed up on Monday, and then they would send you to a court. If they didn't pick you, send you back to the jury room. We send you out to another court. And then you would come back every single day for five days. Now, back then, we paid $10 a day. So if you worked at GD or uh, or I think it's Lockheed now or yeah. Bell Helicopter, you loved it because you they would pay your salary, and you would make $10 a day. So for the people who didn't enter Interrupt their life, it wasn't bad. But for, I would say, the quote-unquote normal people or the self-employed, it was <laughs> terrible because you were just showing up every single day wondering if you were going to be used or not. Um, so that's how it started for me. But quickly after I came on board, we automated. And I started in 1990, and we were automated by, uh, I think, May of 91, being able to print out the checks, being able to print the jury summons. I mean, it was a huge, huge uh, relief for us having not having to do everything so um, manual. Uh, and so from that point on, we were able to change the scope of everything. The lady that hired me, she used to own a real estate business. And I worked under her. Her name was Linda Beerman Davis. And she actually did real estate. And then she transferred into the county and became the jury administrator at that time. And she's like, we're running this like a business. And that's what changed everything. Right. She started taking into consideration the business person, not just it's your civic duty, you have to show up. It's <laughs> like, no, 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 these people's time are valuable. And if we can keep them better suited, when they get to the courtroom, it's going to be happy. They'll be happier, get it done and over with, you know, so we've come so far. People don't hate jury duty like they used to. Right. So I'm, I'm happy about that altogether. I would actually love to serve on a jury. I've I've been summoned three times. I have not been chosen at any one of those three times. But you're right. You mentioned self-employed people. Even though I'm I'm I work in a building where there are 100 100 employees behind me, I'm self-employed. Mm-hmm. I own a business where it's just me myself and I. So when I go to jury duty, my business closes. There are no employees here to help generate income while I'm away. And um, and so with that, you were nice enough to assign me to a justice of the peace, which in most cases guarantees you're going to be in and out in a day. And so with that, you're, I can imagine that with other self-employed people that, okay, yeah, I'd really like to get in. I'd really like to get back to work. And this was a case that happened uh, when I served three weeks ago. Mm. 
all cases were dismissed. We were sent home. Oh, even the the bailiff who was working our particular courtroom was joking with the the other twenty five uh, jurors, prospective jurors. So what are you going to do with your day? Why don't you go play golf or something? And I said, uh, I'm going back to work because that's what we self-employed people do. Not a whole lot of breaks for you guys. And I'll tell you, for me, so I worked in the jury room from 1990 to 1999, just moving through every position. And then when my boss retired, or she actually moved to Justice of the Peace Court in Arlington, she Mm -hmm. became Davis there. And when she left, I was like, you know what? I've been in the jury room for nine years. I'm not even using my degree. I think I want to try something different. So I left the jury room in May of 1999 and became a probation officer, which... I didn't realize it at the time, but it gave me so much experience inside the courtroom and seeing how things functioned that when the current, at the time, the current um, jury administrator, she retired. It was uh, Peggy Matthews. She retired. And so when she retired, they opened up the position. And when I applied for it, I was surprised that not a whole lot had changed in the five years that I was gone. The only thing that they had done is added where you could go, um, you could use the IVR system to do it, to do a, a postponement. IDR meaning? Uh, um, IVR, the, oh. uh, it's the, the voice part where you oh. call in and it's automated. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember what that stands for, but, um, but yeah, so when I came, so when I applied for the job, I was like, that's it. Nothing's really changed. So I did this huge presentation about how Travis County does online reporting, and I don't know why we couldn't bring that to Tarrant County. So they hired me in 2005 to run the jury room. And then in 2007, we had hired a software developer, and we created a program. Uh, they took us on as their first client, so they kind of took my brain and put it into their system. And then when we got to the online component, they literally picked my brain apart and was like, okay. And it was hard for me because our judges, that they weren't against it, but nothing was broken. Yeah. So it's hard to convince people when it's not <laughs> broken, do you really need to fix it? But I was like, come on, we're, it's 2000s. We got to do something. And so we took a few pilot courts and started doing the online system. And a few times we would just summons people, bring them to the courtroom and be like, okay, you don't have a trial today. How was your experience getting here? How'd you like the online? What worked for you? And I'll never forget the first day. It was an 83-year-old lady. She's like, I've been waiting for this my whole life. I went online. <laughs> I answered those questions. I'm disappointed we don't have a trial, but it was the easiest thing for me to do. When I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a home run. It's going to oh, work yeah. out perfectly for everybody. Yeah. And it was, you know, there were some growing pains that we had to go through with the courts. We learned that if you have a court that says, we don't want to do online, you say, I need to talk to the judge and let the judge tell me that. Because the staff, it was a little bit more work on the on the court bailiffs because they had to worry about the prisoners and the jurors coming in. So we found out that the court bailiffs were the ones who really didn't want to do the change. But once the judges got on board, now every court wants an online jury. Just as faster. I mean, like, you know, right. you did your questionnaire online yep. to make sure you were qualified. And then you got the court assignment email and you did the court's questionnaire and then you showed up straight to the courtroom. That's right. I mean, it's right. super easy. How many people back before it was automated, how many people would show up to the jury pool room? Before it was automated in the civil courts building, we would probably have standing room only about 300 people. Wow. And that was, and then when we moved to the new building yeah. and were automated, we would have a panel Monday morning of 
600, 700 people with standing room only. And then we would have an afternoon panel Monday afternoon of about 400 people. And then we expanded and did jury call every single day of the week. When we added the Friday jury calls, we could have people report on Friday. Back then, they would fill out a questionnaire and report to the court on Monday. So it was time-consuming for the juror because they had to come back for two days. Mm-hmm. Vordire, instead of it costing $6 a day, costed $46 a day. Right. Be, or 46 because you'd have two days. So once we got to put the online in place, now we don't have to have double panels. Now I can summons as many people as I need. So on a Monday, I need about 1,000 people to serve. Well, the room would only hold 700, and that was if we had everybody standing, which back then, we were always in fear of the fire marshal coming through because <laughs> they have, they had come through before and been like, if we see this many people again, we're going to cite you. you yeah. know. And then they would tell the judges, and then they would be upset with us. But the judges are like, well, they're not down there for very long. We're just getting them up to the courts. Um, and now courts can have a jury panel every single week They can or every single day of the week. They can start at 9 o'clock in the morning, they can start at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They have all this freedom of when they want to start their panels. Does someone have to wait until they're summoned to jury duty, or can they fill out a form and and volunteer for jury duty? No, you, there's not. they don't allow you to do any kind of volunteering, okay. even for grand jury. Back before in 2015, you could volunteer to be on the grand jury, and you'd just call in, put your name on a list. When it was time to do the grand jury, they would summon you for it. But the law changed, and now to serve grand jury, you have to be summoned as well. So my office does grand jury and pettit jury. What are the different levels of courts that the jury system works with? Uh, I would assume family court, which is what I was assigned to three weeks ago, is would be the lowest level? No, no, no. No? Um, so initially, okay. if you start at the bottom, right. the municipal court. Municipal but court. But that's the cities. We don't do anything with them. With me, the next level is the Justice of the Peace Court. Okay. After the Justice of the Peace Court, you would have a county court at law, which is actually what you were assigned to. They just had to hold it in the family building because that judge likes to stay spread out. Right. Um, after the county court at law, you would have a civil district court. Now, if you jump over to the criminal side, you would start with a county criminal court, and then it would go to a civil district court. And then the family courts, they're a district court as well. So the, all the district courts are the same level. So On we average, have 52 courts. 52 courts, mm. and they're all going at the same time. And they all can go at the same time. We summons 8,000 people a week. Wow. Mm-hmm. We do about 35 court assignments a week out of those 52. And that might be one court having three trials, and one court doesn't go to trial at all. It's just, you know... But they have the capability. Before, they would just have to, whoever would call in first would get the first panel. And yeah. then if that one canceled, I'd send you to that, leave this courtroom, go to that courtroom. So now I, I feel like we're so much more um, appreciative of the juror's time because I've seen, and, and by me being a probation officer and seeing what happens in the courtroom and knowing, you know, like they've learned their lesson that if there's a defendant that says, oh, I'm going to take a plea, well, you don't release that jury until the pay, until the paper's signed. Right. Because if you release the jury, then they can be like, oh, never mind, I want a jury. So now we got to get another jury for them. So the courts are very smart in how they handle things. So with the automated system, the jury pool room is it still being used? We do use it. So in Tarrant County, my online people who respond online is about 87%. Okay. So we have that 13% that still shows up to the room. And and generally, just speaking generally, most of those are people who didn't read their summons in time because you have to <laughs> register two days in advance. Come on, people, read yeah. your summons. <laughs> if I could. <laughs> I wanted to have like when they open up their summons, I wanted to have be a little pop-up that says, hello, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Just because, but it's a lot of information. I know it's just overwhelming for some, but we do put the online instructions on the back so you don't even have to open it up. 
It makes sense. To I me. mean, we we try everything we can. And the jury pool room is now right next door to the jury exit room. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it's all attached. It's, so if you come to the Tim Curry Criminal Justice Center, so that's generally where the criminal courts are. Yeah. The check-in room is on one end, and the dismissal room is on the other. It's our we strive that when you show up for jury duty and you go to the courtroom, when they're done with you, you come to my room. We will pay you and give you a certificate all at the same time. I mean, you have the option to donate your check as well, but we try to do it all at once. If you're outside of the building, like the civil courts, um, they have their own building, and so the county uh, court at laws and the family court they have to go to the civil courts building for for dismissal. But it's still super close and really easy. Which type? cases involve the most amount of jurors? So right off the boat, you would say a criminal case. That's what I was thinking. Yes. But. So, and there are degrees of that. So if I have a death penalty case, mm-hmm. I generally have to have about 200 jurors for them to do an impanelment. So one court would get 200 jurors. But I've had medical malpractices that have had 200 jurors as well in the civil courts. Um, there's some of the divor- uh, family courts that have divorces that they'll order 80 people. Hmm. So generally, just regular felony courts get 60 to 70 jurors. The civil courts, they get 40, 45 jurors. Is it up to the judge then to request a specific amount of jurors? Yes. Or, okay, so yes. you, it's a criminal case. You don't say, all right, it's a criminal case, I'm going to assign 300 jurors. Right. We the, So if it's a, just a regular case, we know there's 10 criminal district courts and we know what they like. But right. sometimes if it's a certain type of a trial, like if they have a um, injury to a child case and it's probation eligible, then the judge knows there's some people that they, if that person's found guilty, that they can't give probation. Just it's not in the juror's DNA. They just know that they can't do that. So they have to take that to an account. So sometimes they'll get a few extra jurors. So you've been around the court system again since since the 1990s. Yes. Do you ever watch Judge Judy, the People's Court? I do. It, you do. I do. Yes. And are they are they fairly accurate? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it like that. It's entertaining. Yeah. But you generally would never see a judge act like that on the bench. You know, they're yeah. they're much more reserved and. Um, it's, I don't know. Like, I watch Law & Order. That's my favorite okay. show all the time, the SVU show. I watch that all the time. But I will sit there with my sister and be like, that never happens. The act, I mean, <laughs> you have the witness on the stand who has a black eye from when they go assaulted. I'm like, that trial's happening a year later. Right. You know, so right. none of that is accurate. I mean, some of it's good, but, you know, it's just more entertaining. And everything gets figured out within an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is also pretty And they never show jury selection. Because that t- it's jury selection is generally pretty long and boring. Well, and we're going to talk about jury selection right after. Have you seen? Apparently, Steve Harvey now has his own where he's a judge. I have not seen that, but I've heard of it. It's yeah, it's a little <laughs> um, where he actually steps down off the bench and puts his arm around whether it's the the prosecutor or the defendant and says, "Really, seriously?" And oh yeah, it's all showbiz. But, well, I'm sure you saw, um, you know, when they had the um, police officer shooting in Dallas. Right. You know, and that judge came off of the bench and gave that. Oh, I mean, yes, she says, that, hugged yes. the, uh, the defendant. Oh, the defendant. The defendant. Right. She hugged the defendant. Um, I mean, that was, that was great TV. That's very rare. I mean, in my 32 years of working for the county, I have never seen anything like that happen. Um, so I wouldn't say it never happens, but it's just, it's just not typical. Let's talk about jury selection. Okay. All right. How 
again, someone who wants to serve on a jury, what can I say when I'm being interviewed by an attorney that is is going to help me stay on the jury selection as opposed to being dismissed? Well, it's it's a little bit of a running joke because some of the attorneys will tell you if you want to get picked, don't talk. Because you're taking everything in, you're un, you don't have any. Usually, the people they're talking to are the ones who have problems, and they can't be fair. They can't um, listen to the whole case. They won't be biased. I mean, generally, if they're talking a lot, it's because there's an issue with that. Um, but but and like I say, it's it's a running joke. Cause that's not always how it is. I actually was summoned to jury duty. Um, three years ago. Oh, that's a great question. Yes. Have you ever been summoned? Yes. I've been in- summoned. Five times, I think, okay. in my lifetime of working in the jury room. Um, <laughs> and on the last one that I was summoned on, I was a civil court, a civil district court. So, And I, I did online like everybody else. And I show up there, and it's a new judge. This judge just got appointed, and he tells everybody, I'm new, so I have my bailiff help me work through stuff. you know. And so they start questioning the jury panel. So they come to my questionnaire, and they're like, oh, Miss Morales, we see that you're the jury bailiff. What does that mean? And I'm like, well... My job was to summons all these people to this room and make the assignment to bring them to you. And I was like, Judge, you don't know this, but you're my boss because I'm not a normal county employee. I look like one and I have the benefits like one, but I'm actually appointed. So every two years, the district judges come together and they appoint a jury bailiff. Hmm. So I've just been lucky enough to have that job since 2005. Um, So I told the judge, you know, you're actually my boss in case anybody has a problem with that. Neither the attorney said anything. The case was American Airlines versus American Airlines fleet service clerk. It was a workman's comp case. The fleet service clerk wanted to stay on um, uh, workman's comp because she was injured, and the other American Airlines people wanted it terminated. So that's the whole case in a nutshell. They get to me. Oh, we see your husband works for American Airlines. He does. He's been there 30 years. They're like, okay, what kind of job does he have? Fleet service clerk. They're like, can you be fair? I'm like, yeah, sure, I can be fair. Um, Come to find, they picked me. They actually picked me on that case. Come to find out, the plaintiff knew my husband. They worked together. Wow. I had no idea. And her attorney wanted to, I found out later on that her attorney wanted to strike me. But she's like, no, no, no. Because my husband's had workman comp cases before. I thought for sure that the American would have struck me. But they kept me on there. I mean, it was, to be fair, Everybody that got picked on that jury, we, it took maybe three minutes to decide the verdict because it was clear that she needed to stay on workman's comp. Yeah. But it was just, I would have thought in a million years, they're going to strike me. I know people in the court. My husband works for the company. It's a done deal. I'm out of here. But they were like, nope. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. When I served three weeks ago, I, I post on Facebook, I'm, I'm serving my civic duty. And, and, and one person... Responded with a, a story. He says, "I was, uh, I was, I was in the jury. They were going through jury selection, and the judge said to the jury, is there anyone here seated in the jury box uh, that knows the defendant?' And a woman stands up, says, "Yes, he's my ex-husband." And the the person who had, was responding to my to my post says. You could not have seen a woman ushered out of a courtroom faster <laughs> than this woman. Um, and apparently it was a domestic violence case. So oh, yeah. uh, she's, <laughs> she's scary. <laughs> she's, she's brought in as a as a juror. I mean, what are the odds of that happening that that uh, now you kind of had that connection mm-hmm. between your husband and but she was the defendant's ex-wife. 
Yeah, Th- that situation really doesn't happen that often. Yeah. But you will have people from the same family on on jury duty together and not know it. Huh. Like we had justice of the peace court in Arlington. So when we make those assignments, we make them online. Um, and so these two, one was stepdaughter and stepfather, and they show up at the court. They had, neither one had any idea they both had jury duty for the day because it just wasn't something they were talking about. But they ended up on the same court, and they both got picked as well. So we just. It's kind of hard to understand it, but weird stuff like that like that does happen from time to time. We're talking with jury bailiff Paula Giamo Morales. And even though we're just getting started, you'll have to check back next week to hear part two, where we will talk about stories that people have used to get out of jury duty. And of course, the always fun lightning round. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love or support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Reporters, Stacy Main and Dennis Webb. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Home Improvement Feature, Terry Radswin. Cocktail of the Week Feature, Brian Certain. Post-Production Editing, Mixing, and Mastering, Steve Casillo. We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.